From the capital city, I'm Kevin Allen. A recent article in an online triathlon magazine out of Canada recently asked whether price gouging for accommodations was occurring in the run-up to Ironman Alaska. The article, which can be found in the story under the news tab of KINYradio.com, seeks answers about the costs to participants as Juno residents offer space in their homes to athletes especially after Ironman sponsor Alaska Airlines offer discounts on flights during the race week. Travel Juno President and CEO Liz Perry says the article was inaccurate and did not reach out to stakeholders for the event. It's a shame that they didn't actually fact-check it or uh, reach out to um, Ironman and other sources of information for accommodations because they would have seen that there's already been, uh, over the last several weeks, a lot of churn. Um, on that thread. We anticipate that most, if not all, of the athletes are already housed. And uh, in terms of price gouging, I think we saw early on some attempts to, you know, really make a lot of money on that, but that was tempered really quickly. So um, we now have a lot more supply than we have uh, demand for housing, and prices are dropping. Juno residents have really um, opened up their their homes and hospitality, and uh, many are offering free accommodations. Lodging is always hard to come by in Juno, Perry says. Juno is a tight uh, market for lodging. We've known that uh, for quite a while, and we run into this uh, occasionally with other big events, for example, Celebration. So... Um, it, with that supply and demand, we are going to see some price fluctuations, but in terms of actual price gouging, that's not accurate. Price gouging on a wide scale is not happening in Juneau, according to Perry. It's not happening, and we did get some reports of some fairly high-priced housing very early on, but I'm talking you know, several months ago, you know, like in January and February, when people started really putting their, um, their housing uh, on the market for availability this event. Uh, That has shaken out. And so if you follow the thread, you will see athletes who are saying, hey, I've given up my reservation here. I'm going here. Who wants it? And uh, if you go on to Airbnb, um, you can see that prices are dropping and that the more expensive places are uh, homes that could accommodate nine to 10 people. So they would naturally be more expensive. And Perry says having events like Ironman is a sign of good things to come economically for Juno. In-person visits by three finalists for the Bartlett Regional Hospital CEO position have been canceled after two of them backed out. According to a press release from the hospital, the remaining CEO finalists' visit to Juno has been postponed following the withdrawal of two finalists, Emily Dilly and Matthew Hine, both due to personal reasons. The meet-and-greets were set for last Friday, today, and tomorrow at the State Museum. Two Bartlett Hospital Special Board of Directors meetings set for Tuesday and Wednesday at 8 a.m. were also canceled. Alaska Governor Mike Dunleavy concluded a trade mission to Japan Friday. The governor met with Japanese companies, utilities, and government ministries about procuring Alaska's natural gas while also accessing the state's potential to export various new sources of fuel. The governor conducted the trip along with First Lady Rose Dunleavy and members of the Alaska Gasline Development Corporation. This marked the governor's second foreign trip during his administration. The governor's first was also to Japan in 2019, marking the governor's second foreign trip during his administration. The first was also to Japan in 2019, marking the 50th anniversary of the first liquefied natural gas shipment 
from Naniski to Tokyo. The whole process of working in the legislature is strange for everyone. It's a little bit of an abnormal environment. That's Senate Minority Leader Tom Baggage. Baggage, who has served in the legislature for six years, has declined to run for re-election this year. He said he was proud of a number of accomplishments in the past year. I wanted to see early education in the foundation formula. We got that this year, too. We're going to be signing the Reads Act uh, bill next week, and that's exciting. It's an increase to the base student allocation as well. I wanted to see us move forward on the dialogue for a fiscal plan. I think we've come very, very close. We didn't quite get there, but I see that coming. And, and you know, in terms of broader policy, a real shift towards alternative energy is taking place. If the legislature had been able to get the Green Bill that the governor, uh, the Green Bank Bill that the governor proposed over the line, it would have been tremendously uh, strong economic and energy relief for rural Alaskan villages. Could have been converting away from diesel to alternative energies. Civility in government has been a big priority for baggage in the legislature, and he explained why he is stepping aside this election season. Well, the primary reason is I never planned to run forever. I didn't want to die in this office. And, you know, my initial hope had been to do a term, maybe two. Uh, the reapportionment board truncated the second term. So truncating meaning shortened it by two years. And, you know, I'm 61 years old and I have another chapter in my life. I'd like to, you know, I just finished a 10-day driving trip around the country, mostly on small roads, visiting small towns and and what I've seen is just a huge lack of civility and a lot of acrimony out there. And I, I feel that part of what I want to do is focus on developing a, a national dialogue around civil discourse. And I think, you know, my role as minority leader working with majorities underscores that. My leadership role in some of these national organizations will allow me to pursue that. A professional musician by trade, he said he wants to play again. And then also, I get back to my music career. You know, I'm a professional musician, and I've had to give up um, that life for the last six years. But six years is a good amount of time to give to public service. State Senate Minority Leader Tom Baggage. Trail Mix celebrated World Trail Day on Saturday with two events. Ryan O'Shaughnessy, the director of Trail Mix, talked about working on the Lemon Creek Trail Saturday morning. We were able to improve the Lemon Creek Trail today, uh, which is awesome. We haven't been able to work on that trail in a while. Um, it crosses several different land managers, and it's great to make some trail improvements there. Primarily what we were doing today was just retreading the trail. Uh, so we were fixing some uh, drainage spots and clearing some culverts, and we were retreading the trail, which means removing large rocks and roots and kind of just making it nicer to walk on so you don't have to watch every single step. The Trail Mix open house in their new shop was Saturday afternoon. O'Shaughnessy had this to say about their open house. We're bringing the Tremex community together, and we haven't really done that since 2019. We're also really excited to be able to do that inside of our new shop and office facility, 5723 Concrete Way. And O'Shaughnessy shared what trails they are working on this summer. Well, this summer we're going to be working on, our work continues on the Treadwell Ditch. We're also going to be doing a ton of work on the Perseverance Trail. There's been like all these landslides, avalanches that have messed up some bridges. So we're really excited to be making some improvements, some long overdue improvements on the Perseverance Trail. Aside from those, we'll be working on the Point Bridget Trail, uh, Lena Point. We're going to do some Outer Point work. We are planning on doing some uh, work on some of our smaller beach accesses, like 5 mile, 9 mile. Megan Tabachek, the administrative coordinator of Trail Mix, shared what they focused on at the open house. 
Hike for a Pint, which is our event that we do twice a year that just helps get the community out on the trails and explore new trails as well as partnering with two local businesses. So you get a passport and it has seven hikes on it and you have to do five out of seven of those hikes. And then once you do five out of seven, you either get a pint of beer from Alaska Brewing Company or a pint of gelato um, from Heritage downtown. Last year we hit our all-time high ticket sales of 375 people participated over the summer. We have a map where people can give us input on trails. So this is one of the first times that people have been able to come to us and be like, here's a trail I'm really passionate about that really needs some love. So we're really excited to meet with the community and find out where they want us to work. And next year will be Trail Mix's 30th anniversary. At this year's celebration, two dance groups from Wrangell will lead the way for the first time in four years. One of the dance groups, the Chatut Kwan, is led by Dixie Hutchinson. She spoke with News of the North about the importance of celebration to the dance groups and the community. For Wrangell, when they were announced in 2018 at the end of celebration that we were the lead dance group for the next celebration, we quickly realized that this would be something special for the entire community, for Wrangell. There's two dance groups in Wrangell, the JLM dancers, the Cosset Lawn Dancers, and Stutch Kwan, um, which is kind of the adult uh, group, but it's really for everybody in Wrangell. And so it was. we knew exactly that when that was announced that it had to be all of Wrangell. Hutchinson says both groups will focus on the community's history when dancing. We are excited to dance together. Both Cosset Lawn and Shut Kwan notoriously always dance together and support each other um, at our performances at Celebration. So this is nothing new to us in terms of representing ourselves. But for this year, because we're the lead dance group, you know, we're, what we want to make sure as leaders for the dance group is to make sure that people understand their history. And the dance groups will be representing the entire community of Wrangell, not just their dance groups. We've made a lot of effort to document some of that history and make sure that um, those who are come from that history are well informed of um, what the celebration means to the dancers. For example, um, we met um, collectively with the two dance groups, Virginia Rooney and Lou Knapp, our leaders for the Cosset Lawn Dancers, and they met with the Shaquan Advisors. But we also included conversations with our um, clans in Wrangell to make sure that they understood um, what celebration meant for Wrangell dancers this year, that they understood um, that we wanted to represent the entire community and not just those in the dance group. The grand entrance is set for Wednesday, June 8th at 6 p.m. The Coast Guard received the cutter Douglas Denman, the 24th fast response cutter built by Bollinger's Shipyards during a May 26th ceremony at the Coast Guard Sector Key West. The cutter is 154 feet long and has a crew complement of 24. It will be home ported in Ketchikan. The Douglas Denon is scheduled for commissioning in September in Ketchikan. It is the third fast response cutter to be stationed in the Coast Guard 17th Coast Guard District, which covers the state of Alaska and the North Pacific. Douglas Denon is designed for multiple missions, such as law enforcement, fisheries enforcement, waterways and coastal security, search and rescue, and national defense. The president of Capital City Quilting, Marcy Venon, talked about this weekend's quilt show at the Centennial Hall. She spoke to what Capital City Quilting is all about. 
Capital City Quilters is a nonprofit organization here in Juneau, and we do a lot of educational programming for our members to learn more about quilting and more about different kinds of quilting. And then we also do a lot of donation work. And so what we do is we have a project called Comfort Quilts. And for anyone going through infusion therapy at the Radiation Center at Bartlett or um, through Cancer Connection, if they go to Seattle to use the apartment because they're going for treatment, we give them a quilt. We also had a sales table going and a silent auction because we didn't charge admission. There are over 130 entries in the show this time. The theme of the event this year was Quilting Through the Ages. Well, this is our biannual quilt show, and because of COVID, we did get waylaid for a year. So our last show was in 2019, and so now we're back in 2022. The theme of this year's show is Quilting Through the Ages, and we have a large display of vintage quilts and like where quilting began and historical look back at quilts. And one of the displays that we have is the Underground Railroad, and actually quilts were used during the Underground Railroad era of the Civil War to help the people that were trying to get out of the South give them signs if it was safe to go through. There were different quilts actually that when they were hung on a line outside that would tell the travelers if it was safe or not safe or what way to go. We have some depictions of those kinds of blocks in the display. Venon also talked about how the awards are selected. In the show itself, we have 15 categories. This show was judged by a national certified quilt judge who we hired and brought in. In each of the 15 categories, that judge awarded a first, second, and third place. And then the guild itself, the members voted on different quilts in each category in just one award that we thought. Overall, there's best in show and in uh, two categories. So many awards were given out for this event. The judge also provides commentary to each one of the quilters to help them improve because we look at this as an educational event and also a community event. President of Capital City Quilting, Marcy Venon. Well, this year we are Cancer Connection is hosting the National Cancer Survivors Day Celebration of Life Walk, and we're also honoring 2022 award honorees. And it's a beautiful day to be having this walk. We're really excited to just support, to really recognize those organizations and individuals who have supported us and the rest of those in the cancer community, both here in Juneau and Southeast Alaska. That was Cancer Connection volunteer board member Emily Ricci talking about Sunday's Cancer Connection event. Awards were given at Marine Park before walking over to Bill Overstreet Park for lunch. So our Medical Professional of the Year is Dr. Nicholas Newberry here in town. Our Volunteer of the Year is Kim Mouseth, who is just incredible at helping us coordinate Beat the Odds, which is our, our annual race and fundraiser coming up in August. Our Survivor of the Year is Heather Vogel, and she provided just a really um, very, very heartfelt and moving speech today talking about her experience with cancer. Our Philanthropist of the Year is Janice Schultz, who's just been incredible in supporting the organization. Our corporate partner is Southeast Medical Clinic, and Dr. Pyman was there to accept the award on their behalf, and they are just a tremendous asset to our community. And then our Youth Inspiration Award is the Thunder Mountain High School softball team. Vogel spoke about what it was like to receive the Survivor of the Year Award. 
it's very humbling and honestly I really do not know what the criteria was because there are so many survivors here in Juneau that it's very honoring very humbling it's great to know that there is so much support cancer connection is awesome anybody who doesn't know about them I recommend they go to their website there are so many not only financial assistance there's just so much support through cancer connection Richie talked about the next event cancer connection will be holding our Beat the Odds race is going to be August 26th, so keep an eye out for that. And it is probably our largest fundraiser of the year, and I would say kind of a staple in the community in terms of these race events. Everybody knows about it, and it's going to be really fun. We're really excited to be back at in-person events this year. And what the mission of Cancer Connection means to her. Really, our goal is to support Southeast Alaska residents, so those not only in Juneau, but across Southeast Alaska, and empower them as they, you know, have been diagnosed with cancer for either them or their family. And there's a bunch of different resources that we have available. I encourage people to go to www.cancerconnectionak.org to check out what we do. But um, really, I just want to say thank you to everyone in the community for supporting us. And, you know, just take a moment to recognize everyone that's been impacted by cancer. Cancer Connection volunteer Emily Ricci. Race officials say an Iditarod sled dog has been found after disappearing from a race checkpoint three months ago and covering nearly 150 miles. The Iditarod Trail Committee says Saturday that musher Sebastian dos Santos Borges of France has been reunited with Leon. Race officials say Leon was captured in the Alaska city of McGrath, over 120 miles south of the Ruby checkpoint. Dos Santos Borges had arrived at the checkpoint March 12th. Days later, he scratched after the checkpoint in White Mountain, located just under 900 miles into the race. An Iditarod spokesperson says Leon was found safe and alert, though skinny, and was expected to see a veterinarian before returning with Dos Santos Borges to France. Never miss a story or a newscast at KEINYradio.com. Now you're up to date. For News of the North, this is Kevin Allen.